Hey guys, welcome to another episode of AA for Entrepreneurs. I'm Andrew. I'm Adam. It's very nice to be back here in, in, our, in our hub of striking beauties, recording in time. It feels nice. It feels good. It does. It does. Just to have, a, have an ever-growing setup. Yeah, and it's it's nice to kind of have like a home where we can bring everything to now, like wherever, whenever we need to, you know, talk to each other on a podcast, we're able to have our home here, and it's it's been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, we are, you know, every week seeing increases in the amount of people subscribing and the amount of people that are watching our videos and listening to the podcast. So we want to say thank you to those people that have. Thank you so much. And if you haven't, you know, make sure you subscribe to our channel, our podcast channel, our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook. It means it means the world. Literally, like it's every every comment, every like, every share, it means the world to us. And I said this on a video on my Instagram last night. Those people's likes and comments and shares are literally worth more than money and they don't even know it. Oh yeah, it's fuel. Literally, like you guys fuel the economy of what's going on right now because attention is like the real economy, I think, currently. Yeah. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We cannot say thank you enough. And now let's <laughs> jump, jump right into we're hopping today's, right in. today's topic. So today's topic, we're gonna be talking a lot about um, ways to make money if if you're on ground zero uh let's say you just got laid off on your job right or you really you, hate your job you hate your, yeah you're trying to escape that yep. prison there's, do, there's ways to do, do it get, how do you get out what would you what would you do so i think there's a lot of ways to make different supplemental incomes it just depends on like what your comfort levels are you know like i've been talking about doordash for a couple weeks now and it's going great you know like i'm it's a little side job that i'm working maybe 25 hours a week and making four or $500 a week. Like most people that hate their jobs don't get paid like that. You know, so to me, like it's a no brainer to like try that. If you have a license in a car and you're not afraid to go talk to random people because you got to go into these restaurants and be like, hey, give me my DoorDash. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are looking at you like, uh, are you really DoorDash? Are you just here to steal food? Like, oh, look at my app. But so, but the people that I brought it up to that hate their job are like, what? I don't know, man. You got to drive all around. You got to use your gas. You got to use your, I can assure you guys, the most I've driven in a, in a night is 125 miles. And I made $180 that night. Yeah. That's like if you were to drive like 45 minutes to work and then back, you're pretty much getting the same mileage on your car. It's not even that much, especially if you live in the city too. Yep. If you live in the city, your mileage is going to go way down. Way down. They, they give you options that you can actually ride a bicycle. Mm -hmm. So it'd be get strong legs. Yep. I think I might do that this summer. I might go, go up to Boston and get a bike. And just... Get a basket on the front. Yep. Or yep. That's the easiest way to get around there, you know, and I feel like Boston would probably make even more. I'm making a killing just around Taunton. Yeah. Like this, this isn't that populated of an area, like, you know, between Taunton, Bridgewater and I'd say Norton, those are like my three towns that I go to and they're yeah. all super local. Yeah, you, you employ this technique where you, you're not only using uh, DoorDash, but you use it in conjunction with Uber Eats. Yep. Uber Eats. How, how does that work? How do you find that works? Like, how do you work it together so that you don't get an order, uh, Uber Eats order? while you're doing DoorDash. I do both at the same time. Sometimes. So it's just kind of like, it's both, they don't come in at the same time. No, like I had I, last night, for instance, so I got an Uber Eats order from McDonald's on 44. Uh, and then 
while I'm there, like right when I picked up the food, I got a uh, DoorDash order for Chipotle right up the road. Yeah. I'm not going to not accept that. So I kind of was like, okay, where am I going with this? So when I was able to accept the delivery for McDonald's, it told me where I was going. On DoorDash, once the order pops up, you can see where you're going immediately, which is nice because you can kind of plan out your trip. So I was like, okay, let me look at where it's at. I plugged it into my Google Maps and it literally like the Uber Eats drop off was on the way, halfway to the DoorDash drop off. Yeah. So like you just gotta be good with directions, you know, like you gotta be good with the GPS, you gotta be familiar with it and really know how to navigate yourself around. But like last night, for instance, Mondays are usually my worst day. I've actually been thinking about cutting out Mondays from working DoorDash because typically I make 40, 50 bucks a night. It's not worth it to, me to waste my time with that. My time is much more valuable than that to me. Yeah. But last night I made $100 in four hours, mostly because I did what you're saying, the combination. Um, I made 68 dollars and 70 cents from DoorDash. And then I made $30 and 17 cents from Uber Eats. And that was just two orders. So right now, Uber Eats, if you could find that sweet spot where I'm kind of like, I'm lucky my towns are in the, the, that two to three times area for Uber Eats. So I'm getting paid $15 or freaking 15 to $25 of delivery for Uber Eats right that's, now. That's the Goldilocks zone. Yeah. Like right now, it's like when you kind of look at it's land grab. Yep. Where there's this gonna be a day where the opportunity to make money on DoorDash and Uber, gone. it's gonna be gone. Just like the or opportunity- Or it'll be a minimum wage job. Yeah, yep. very, very minimal. When just like there was an opportunity for um, opening up liquor stores yep. back in the prohibition era I and mean, things like that. So this timing this, is very important. Yep, yeah. like right now we're, uh, my fiance found this app called Kedazzler, another great way to make money. Every Basically they're, they're trying to build like a database of uh, kid-friendly places to create an app for you to like, if you're on vacation, you can go on Kedazzler and you can figure out, you know, like, okay, we want to go to ice cream tonight, but we're in Tampa, Florida, and we're from Boston, Mass, and we don't know any of the ice cream places. Let's just go on our Kedazzler app and see if there's other stuff to do around there, you know? So we, uh, they basically pay you $10 per business in ad revenue, up to 50 businesses. So right now, potentially, I have $500 sitting there of residual ad income. My fiance has been recruiting like a mad woman and she's up to $3,000 of potential ad revenue. $20 I've got approved so far. It's insane. So it's. It's just, a month. and just this is a brand new app. They're in phase one of their app, but I'm pretty sure when I was thinking back in my brain, I heard Gary Vee talk about it once. Oh yeah. Kid Asler, when I thought about it, I was like, I've heard it somewhere. Like, where have I heard it? Like, where else would I have heard it besides like my podcast that I listen to? <laughs> yeah, you get that cowbell ringing in the back of your head. Yeah. And I was just like, this seems like a timing opportunity, like very much so. It seems yeah. like I need to hop on board, even if, you know, we get 25% of those businesses for the $3,000 to sign on. We're still making $750 in free money, basically. Right. We're not really worried. I worked maybe an hour and a half plugging in those 50 businesses to make $500 potentially a month. Yeah. It's just easy money. And that's going to go away because the businesses won't be available. Like once one person claims the business, you can't claim it. It's done. There's only so many businesses. Right. If, you, if you're out there doing the math, they're dwindling down quickly because every single person that my fiance gets, which she's gotten like 
I don't know, 25, 30 people referred to there, adds 50 businesses. Yeah. Isn't that's like super similar to what people talk about when they do real estate and they're collecting income from tenants yep. and whatnot. It's, it's the same thing. You don't really have to do any work. You, you put in the time once and then it just kind of pays you. Residual income is so important. Like I'm going to use that residual income. And this is something I haven't really talked about much, but I joined a network marketing company that's for hair products. I'm going to use my residual income from the Kid Dazzler to buy more products, <coughs> excuse me, to be able to uh, give out more products and product giveaways and stuff. And I think I'll be able to build my business by, you know, doing the jab, 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 right hook approach. Like, hey, I've done 10 different giveaways of this product and this is what those 10 people said about this product. And then, you know, people are going to read that and want to buy it. Sure. You know, so everything's a slow build. Like, you got to understand that if you want to leave your job and you hate your job, you're probably going to have to do some stuff you don't like. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. Until, until you kind of really realize what you do like. Yep. And, and what you notice, if you notice what you notice about Adam is that he's got several pools mm -hmm. of income. He's trying multiple things. And then eventually, one thing or two things, three things, four things are really going to start to work for you. Yep. And then that's where you're going to go all in. They, they have got this thing, I, I don't know what it's really called, but it's the 80-20 rule. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much 80% uh, Eighty percent of what you do isn't really worth it. It's 20% of what you do is bringing in 80% of the income. So you focus more heavily on that 20% and that's, gonna, that's where you see exponential growth. Yep. That's why like I'm dumb, I doubled down on DoorDash. Like yeah. I, I worked crazy hours for the first month and now I'm probably not gonna have to. <laughs> I have figured out, I think, the sweet spot of like the perfect time to go out if you wanna make money. Yeah. And it's... Now let's, uh, let's go all the way back. Let's say um, Jimmy is sitting on the couch right now. He's listening to our podcast. Hey, Jimmy. What's up, Jim? Watching watching us on Facebook and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. I wanna do DoorDash. Now, what you're gonna expect is you're gonna go, you're gonna download the Dasher app. Well, first step, if you're thinking about DoorDash, hit me up because they do a referral fee and right now it's $500. I'm splitting that with whoever gets referred to me. So, and on top of that, you get a $100 bonus. So you'll get a $350 bonus, I'll get a $250 bonus once you get 200 rides, win-win. Yep, so once you get, once you go through his link, download the app, the Dasher app, they're gonna ask you a couple of things. They're gonna ask you for, they're gonna do a background check, right? Yep. They're gonna say, oh, like either make an appointment to be, to go in for an orientation meeting, or you could just be like, ah, no, I just want, have, have that stuff mailed to, mailed to me. And then you just kind of fill out a couple of things like your, your bank information is they're gonna pay you. I recommend the orientation for sure. I literally signed up on 10 p.m. on a Wednesday and I was driving by 1 p.m. on a Thursday. Yeah, so if you're strapped for cash, you need, you need don't JG Wentworth. No. Go to the orientation meeting. Hold <laughs> 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 like a tickle. Had to get rid of it. Yep. Good. <laughs> so otherwise, you can, if, if you are, if you're working 40 hours a week and and you, you're trying to get away from that, and you don't have the time, you got other things going on. They'll, there's a uh, headquarters in Boston. When I when I did it, uh, I got my package in like three days. 
Not bad. So, yeah. I actually just referred to somebody from Detroit. Did you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm pumped about that because that doesn't affect me at all. Like, I'm not losing deliveries or anything like that. No. I just referred somebody up in uh, Lowell area too, so that doesn't affect me either. You know, I'm able to just help them out. Yeah, it's super passive. And it's, like you said, it's a, it's a win-win. Somebody told me I was crazy for giving out half of the referral fee, and I was like, why? No, that's just literal free money for me. Like, I'm literally making money just to be like, here, make some money. Yeah, and you get money for clicking on that link. So you'll, I think it's 200, you'll get $200, and then, oh, 100. Yep. And then you say, hey, Adam, I just hit my 200 delivery mark. Um, I got paid, and then he's gonna get paid right away, so he'll, he'll give that half of what he makes to you. Yep. So I wanted to talk about, you know, what you were talking about with yard sale and stuff. Yeah. And, and ways to kind of be successful with that and like make a little bit of side income maybe. You know, yeah. like maybe it's not your main source of income. It could be. I mean, if you're really out there hustling and you're able to be Gary V, where he has like an eye for shit, like this mug's gonna be worth $100 and he buys it for a dollar. And the thing is, like we were talking about earlier, is like, that's practice. Right, so you you kind of get an eye for it, like, oh, that's a that's a Pokemon action figure. I I know that Pokemon is a big name, so that'll sell. If that's a if it's a uh, a Mario Brothers towel, oh, that might sell. Yep. So the whole thing with uh, arbitrage, it's pretty much buying low and selling on a different platform mm. uh, at a higher price. You think that like over. Like, so in the beginning, you, you kind of said like, it was it was decent money, but maybe not worth it for the amount of hours you, you put in. Like, do you think that uh, the, the longer you do it, like the quicker you it get becomes? Yeah, Like sure. You just don't even have to think, it's like second so, nature almost. So like, uh, it is it, it does become like a second nature when you're at the yard sale or you're at a, uh, a, a, a an estate sale or whatever they're called. Yes. Um, or a garage sale or exactly. different areas. Exactly. You'll, you'll like look around and you'll you'll have that eye. But even like before then, before you put in the hours and hours it takes to develop that eye, what you can do is download the eBay app. So you download the eBay app and you can go in and you can search exactly what you find at the yard sale. Let's say I actually remember going back to uh, maybe like month two of my yard sale. And I saw this, like this tank. It was like a World War II action figure tank. It was in the box. The box was ripped open. There was a, a piece missing, but I'm like, ah, whatever, I'm interested. I couldn't really find it on the eBay store, but I saw other things close to it that were selling for like 15 bucks. So I'm like, all right, I'll buy this for a dollar and then I'll just sell it for 10, sell it for 15 or whatever. You know, maybe less than that because it's damaged. Yep. But anyway, I bought it for a dollar and then went home and then in seven days, it sold for 75. Wow. That's so, I mean, that's, that was one of the big ones. Things like that don't happen often, but with the eBay app, you can know what you're buying. So it's not a huge risk because there's a, there's a place you go into eBay and you can search completed and sold items. Mm -hmm. So you can see, uh, Statistically, if anybody's even ever sold that item, yeah, like if not, that that could mean good. That could mean something good, or you could see like, oh, this little Daffy Duck Pez dispenser, only sold for a dollar. I'm not going to buy it for twenty five cents because it it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. But like it's it's actually relatively safe in the investment 
Well, you have the opportunity to buy the whole collection of those Pez dispensers, and there's yeah, a hundred of them, and if you could dollar. turn $25 into $100, then you probably wouldn't do it. Maybe. I actually, I had that exact situation happen where I had a, two like grocery shopping bags filled with uh, old Pez dispensers. But when you really go into taking every single picture and, and putting in all the information, it's, it's really not worth doing a hundred different yeah, it was it was actually like that part of it was really it started becoming painful and in the way that I approach things like if something becomes painful to the point where I really can't even get myself to do it I don't know I don't want to do it I, I really like staying with the, the bigger items so I remember finding uh, it was like a golfing GPS hmm. it was on a table for like 25 cents I'm like there's, there's I didn't even look it up so I'm like it's a quarter take take a quarter I don't, I don't care yeah sold for $75 turned turn to turn that into 75 bucks that's crazy so like there's there is opportunity but most of the time it's more like all right I'm gonna make five bucks here I'm gonna make ten dollars here slow grind Facebook marketplace is brilliant it, it there was a thing called let go that's another brilliant app and I mean, look, now's the time. Now's the time to do that because it's summer. Spring yep. cleaning is right around the corner. People, People are just looking at sales, like not caring that much. Like, ah, I just gotta get rid of this stuff, man. Yeah. So my tip for that is to go early. Mm. Wake up Saturday morning, six o'clock, be out the door at 6.30. Be at the garage sales before the people are even finished setting up. Yep. Because there's gonna be people like you that might beat you. Yep. And find the good items because it, it go, they go quickly, right? So if you walk through, you're like, all right, I'm taking this, I'm taking that, I'm taking that, and then all of a sudden you have to get out the yard sale. <laughs> yeah, everything else it could be garbage, it could be treasure, mm -hmm. but it really it comes down to how much time are you willing to research versus how much you're willing to willing to buy. So I'd say most of the days when I went out, I'd I'd spend about maybe fifty to hundred bucks. So just have that in cash and then and spend the first four to five hours on Saturday and Sunday and uh, some, some even on Friday mm -hmm. spend the, the morning buying and then you go home and then you post it all. So it's that was, uh, yeah, but the thing is, if you want to make money, that is a way to do it. It, it isn't, it's encouraging to do it that yep. way and it was fun. So like another thing that is, uh, I noticed last summer with my farm is that if you really enjoy farming and or gardening, mm -hmm. you can actually make a couple hundred bucks every weekend going to small farmers markets. Like when I did my farm, I, I went like all out, had a, a tenth of an acre, all these tools. But if you really kind of boil it down, mm -hmm. I'd say you can make hundred dollars a day at a good at a decent yard sale with a small 20 by 20 area, area of space with like, so like four a or five like staple things crops. that you have yeah. yeah so you do lettuce uh carrots do well um kale did extremely well beets stay like that i wouldn't do i wouldn't do tomatoes um or like eggplant or squash or watermelon. None of those things, it takes up too much space. Mm -hmm. You want things that you can cut quick yep. and cut again and again and again. 
Another thing I've heard of people doing is uh, going to uh, thrift shops, thrift stores, or consignment stores, buying fashion clothes yeah. that are in great condition and then flipping them online. So you're yeah. buying them for three bucks and you're flipping it for $50. It's kind of the same thing as yard sale. Exactly. And that's when I was doing the yard sale, I was doing that too. So I'd go to, uh, we've got, what is that? The Salvation Army, we have that yep. locally. I'd go there and every once in a while you'd find like an old band t-shirt. Mm. You'd buy it for a quarter or a dollar on the certain days. That and it's trending now. Yeah. Like it's I think trending fashion. Like 50 bucks, people yep. people spend 50 bucks on like an old Led Zeppelin yep. concert t-shirt. So the opportunity is definitely out there. There's so many opportunities to make money. Like in my mind, I've gotten this comment from people before of like, oh, you're an entrepreneur, you're broke, like blah, blah, blah. Those people clearly don't understand entrepreneurship. Like in the beginning of entrepreneurship and owning a business and being your own boss, it, it sucks. It yeah, sucks. Right. You're broke, you work long hours, you probably don't see your friends and family much, but if you work hard enough, it can be worth it. If you, if you have the right timing and the right work ethic and the right mindset, you can really make it worth it. And you just gotta take chances. You gotta take risks. I remember that, like exactly that point. I remember seeing a graph, right? So the graph, it had uh, money, income mm -hmm. on the Y and on the X, there was time. So it, it showed two plot lines, a person that graduates college mm -hmm. and goes into a career. And then it showed the entrepreneur so the first, the first line, the college grad, you notice like within a couple of years, a really high spike of like good money, and then it plateaued really. I mean, maybe it was a slight, that, slight that increase. increase. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it stayed pretty, yeah. pretty basic. And then it showed the entrepreneur, and the entrepreneur was really slow, 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 and then it just took off and it kept rising. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, really. It, it kind of speaks volume, so they, it's a game of patience. Really is. Trial, error, stress, pain, tears, blood. Yep. And we're in, a, we're in good economic times right now, so you have to, have to, have to. If you're miserable with your job, there is something catastrophic coming to our econ economy in the next two or three years, and yeah, maybe, maybe even sooner. Maybe sooner, maybe so, a little later, it's hard to tell. You, you can never really time it perfectly, but if you look at all the trends, real estate's way up here, economy's way up here, and if you look at history, every time it's way up here, it ends up way down there. So it's coming, and if you're unhappy with your job, now's the time to move. While we are in economic good times, take advantage of it because it's not going to be here forever no it certainly won't and you know like during during an ec ec economic collapse or like during like the recession uh what, what could you do you could do media yeah that's what i've been working on you know it it kind of hit me watching you know gary v's podcast he said that media is going to be one of the main businesses that survives this collapse because everybody's still gonna need media like right. whether you want to or not you have to buy some things and you're still gonna buy leisure stuff even when you're broke i mean people are broke now and still do it so and people like when that happens they're more frugal they're like okay i have less money yep. so the money that i do spend in advertising it needs to be on point so that's why they they reach out to media companies another way that i would see a good way of making money is having a garden doing yard sale because during a recession people still want to eat and they still want to eat good food and that might it might be harder where 
supermarkets might not be like, okay, I'm not going to go this whole organic route and pay more money, but you might actually find a local local farmer or yep. a local uh, market gardener that has has some really good produce and for not too, too much money, you could eat really well. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I think that too many people just kind of make excuses and it's, it's human nature. You know, people would want to make excuses. They don't want to take, they want to take, as humans, you just want to take the easy route. Like, you know, it's, it's the path of least resistance and if that's just not the right way to operate life or business or happiness like even you know in, in everything that we're talking about with money the end goal is happiness you know like we we realize that right now yes we have to we have to make some money we have to support ourselves i have to support my family like we have to support our business that like is, is coming up so like we have so much going on but happiness is the end goal it is so key yep. and you might what if you might say well sure uh, DoorDash and yard sales are making me money, but I don't love it. So what I would suggest is once you're surviving off the money that you're making from that with all the other time, yep. do what you love. Absolutely. Right? Let's say, uh, for, ex for example, I love being outside. I love being in the mountains. Yep. Fucking love it. I haven't really um, come up with a way to make money off of doing that, but it's not going to stop me from doing it. Right. Like, I, keep, I, keep going. I keep going out there. I need to. So like the things that I'm kind of looking at towards, I actually thought I've been thinking about this a little while and I've, I've started a uh, almost recording like a how-to series. I might do like a how to climb Denali mm. or a how to hike and kind of go through and make like tutorial videos. Smart. And then you could do with whatever passion you have is make tutorial videos and your knowledge is valuable. Very. So let's say you've spent 40 hours, 80 hours, 160 hours, just researching this one topic because you, you super love it, right? Yep. Go into that and say, okay, well, I've, I've collected all of this data and all of this, all of this research on um, the Rugrats. <laughs> so, so you just yep. do, and you co compile all of this data and you do a YouTube show on the Rugrats and eventually, you just keep doing that, keep doing it, keep doing it, and that eventually will make you money. And if you're trying hard enough, you'll find a way to do Next it. Next thing you know, Rugrats has a reboot and they're hitting you up to help them market it. You know, it's, it's literally that yeah. simple. Like, things happen, synchronicities happen. You have to pay it. This, I, I, we didn't plan for this podcast to be so much about timing, but timing, 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 timing. It literally is everything. You have to pay attention to the market. Whoever is closest to the consumer wins, period. Everything is going business to consumer right now, B2C. Yeah. Because why well, have a middleman? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what the hell's the point? It, there is no point. There's no, uh, especially now, and it's only going to get, I don't want to say worse, but it's only going to get more focused towards B2C. And I think like businesses need to learn how to innovate as well. You know, like I've been hearing from different businesses that they're a little bit upset that like, when they get a DoorDash order, their people that, that cook it and box it up and everything don't get a tip from DoorDash, you know? Should they? I don't know, I don't know. I mean, yes, did they do more work than me? Yep, totally. 
they, they spent 25 minutes cooking the food, another five, 10, boxing it up or whatever. Like they spent more time than me than they had, and, and they had to learn the skill of cooking and stuff. All I'm doing is driving and listening to podcasts, you know, but without that DoorDash service, that order wouldn't have happened for the restaurant. So you literally wouldn't have, you wouldn't have made that profit. You wouldn't have maybe even gotten that customer. So you could have gained a new customer that's invaluable. Like you can't put a money amount on that because they could come back every week and spend that $45 with you. And now you just made $180 as a restaurant, one customer every month, you know? I think restaurants should probably, uh, the thing is who, like, take profits out and give it to their people as tips. Who's <laughs> really getting the tips from that anyway? Like if the person went and sat down, the, the waiter or the waitress would yep. get the tip, not the restaurant. Yep. So it actually, that doesn't sound like a, it's complicated. It doesn't Definitely. make any any sense because the cooks don't get tips. Yeah. I mean, no, to my knowledge, I don't. I'm not in the restaurant field or the business whatsoever, so I'm not really sure. I think they, that sometimes, like the the waitresses and the waiters split amongst themselves, right? But, like I they, think they split it with like bar back and, and bus boys and maybe even the chef. I'm not sure. I, mean, I even, think every place is different. And even then, if they if they were the money that the meal, the profits that were going out to DoorDash, the waiters and the bus boys, and they don't have anything to do with that meal whatsoever. And so like, when you think about it, thing, that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm, that's a whole, that's a whole topic. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Like we were just talking about before the podcast, how restaurants should maybe just pay their people a livable wage. There wouldn't be these yeah. complaints, you know, like DoorDash is an innovation. Eventually, there's probably going to be more people doing DoorDash than going to your restaurant. You need to prepare for that. It's coming. Like, yeah, yeah. People don't want to go out. I don't know if you've noticed, but people like to stay in. Right, that's what everything's getting. I deliver everything from McDonald's, Subway, Chipotle, Walmart groceries. I'm literally going out and get people's groceries for them and bringing them to their house. DoorDash includes them? Yep. That's interesting. Like, so literally from like start to finish from like, okay, they ordered it, I accepted it, I went to Walmart, waited, and delivered is like a half hour for them. Yeah. When that would have taken them a half hour just to drive back and forth to the store, never mind going in there, shopping all around, dealing with all lines of people, and taking another hour, hour and a half to shop. DoorDash sells time. And convenience, and pretty soon, like uh, convenience stores are going to be completely out of the picture because yep. you can just say, "Ah, I need um, shaving cream, uh, some band aids, and condoms." <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't want to go to the store to get condoms, or my girlfriend needs uh, tampons. So you just say DoorDash. Have the DoorDash guy do it. You don't have to leave the house. You can sit on the couch eating popcorn with six and a half pounds of butter and salt and be completely content. Amazon's do, it's all yeah, doing saw the same thing. Yep, last night. And, uh, and going back to the, the tipping, I don't want anyone to think that I'm super against tipping. No, and, no, no. and I don't, I don't when I, whenever I go to the restaurant, I give like the best tip that I, is reasonable because I'm not a monster. You, no one would, I don't think anyone watching would be like, no, I'm not tipping you. That's, that's just, if you are, you're kind a, of disgust, a, a disgusting person. Yeah. But the whole idea of a tip is, from my understanding, it goes back to like New York and when restaurants literally couldn't afford to pay their staff. Yep. And the people that would go to the, go to the restaurants would be like, uh, 
this is a, a community restaurant. I've been coming here for a long time. This is like my family. I'm going to give money to the to the the wait staff because sure. I really appreciate that them in their time. So that's that kind of carried over in the restaurants. We're like, well, um, this isn't in my budget anymore. So you guys pay for my employees. That's I think that's a really antiquated idea. America's and, one of the only countries that still does it. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Tipping me. makes sense. Like if they got paid a livable wage, like they should be getting paid yeah. at least minimum wage, and then you get tipping on top of it. Like we're not saying tipping's bad. Like I really wholeheartedly believe that you should be making a more than livable wage off being a waitress. Like yeah, three dollars an hour is not acceptable. Yeah. No, and then when you say you know like unforeseen things happen that don't even have to do with anything, big snowstorm happens. Now for two days, you can't even work the lunch and dinner hours where you make your most money. Now you lost two days worth of work. Even if you're working there for those 10 hours, you made $30 hourly every day. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that could support a family. Like, And meanwhile, restaurants are still making millions and millions and millions of dollars, like, especially chains. They don't have an excuse to not pay people a little wage. You know what's interesting, and I, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, and there's a guy named Andrew Yang, and he's running for, uh, he's a candidate for the 2020 election. And his whole campaign is uh, something along the lines of a universal basic income. And it, it is a very socialistic kind of idea, but what it, it offers is uh, every single person over the age of 18 is going to get an additional $1,000 a month. I mean, that's not enough to live. But it, it would certainly kind of cut the edge. Use the burden. Right. Like, okay, so I don't need to worry about feeding my kids. This is amazing. My kids are going to eat good food and they're going to grow up to be strong and healthy while I'm working, slaving at the McDonald's. Or my first question the to you is where, where do they plan on getting that from? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not an expert. Uh, I would refer people to watch the, the Joe Rogan podcast with Andrew Yang. What's up, Joe? Says, Sup, dude. <laughs> but uh, from what I took away from it, it's uh, taxing larger corporations like Amazon uh, for the robotics and the automation and the AI that they use to cut employees. Like, eventually, truck drivers—they're gonna—they're all gonna lose their jobs. I think I DoorDash people. I think that's all they're experimenting, and they're eventually just gonna have drones flying around. Yeah. Or, or ca cars that I almost said cars. Cars. <laughs> we got cars and I got cars that drive themselves, and you just kind of go out, and it's probably gonna be like, oh, here you go. You the window rolls yeah. down. You lean in, like, okay, thanks, <laughs> and then it drives off. So my favorite. The, I pull up to somebody's house. I'm like, here you go, peace. And I have to get out. <laughs> Liquid smooth. But I mean, so like the tax is gonna come from that, uh, from like the big come Amazon. And what are people gonna do when they have an extra thousand dollars a month? Spend money, put it back into the economy. And probably it, in Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna, it's gonna strengthen the economy too. So I'm not, I haven't done enough uh, research to say I'm 100% I'm in on this. Because Maybe Amazon can't. could pay us the thousand dollars a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's a thousand times three hundred thirty million? Is that like three hundred thirty billion? Or no, like thirty-three billion. Math, you can't afford that. Yeah. <laughs> math, math is is painful enough. Never mind being like on camera trying. I just say nope. Not even think about it. Seven twenty-one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, what I, what I am saying though is one thousand dollars extra a month. 
I'm for that. Yeah. Like I, that would not hurt. No, I'd be pretty happy with that. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was, uh, if there's anything that you know how to make money or anything that you've done in the past that's, that's, Comment below. That's making you money. Please let us know and share with uh, other entrepreneurs. Yeah, our fam. Yeah, you know we're just here to help people build, and uh, we want to talk to you guys about some money-making opportunities that we found, and we want you to find so you can start being happier with life, like we are. Even though I'm exhausted, only got four hours of sleep because of my newborn last night. I'm here, fired up, happy, excited to be here with my buddy Andy, and uh, you know. Hell yeah. We're good to go. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, follow us on Facebook, or like, or share. Instagram. Yeah, whatever's applicable. Yep, it, whatever it, your favorite it, thing it, is. All of them, just like all of our pages. Yeah. Subscribe to all of them, we're awesome. We're decent. I'm decent looking, he's great looking. It meets, with a <laughs> it, mean, it means the Milky Way to us. <laughs> I like that, that's even better. That's even better than the world. All right. Peace, guys. We are uh, we are, are going to be dropping some amazing interviews on y'all in these upcoming weeks, and we've dropped a few. So go back and listen if you haven't. I'm telling you, life changing. AA for entrepreneurs. Peace. See you later.